Welcome to Star Rollers, a Starfinder Society podcast. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Star Rollers. I'm your GM, Richard Goff Thomas, and today I'm going to be running Sanctuary of Drowned Delight, Starfinder Society 108 by Kate Baker. And to introduce the players, Dave. Hi all, uh, this is, I'm Dave Breitmeyer. I'm going to be playing Keel. If you've played with Keel before, uh, you will remember he used to be a Witch Warper. He um, has this connection to the different planes. He feels like he's cursed by Besmara, and uh, he has all these visions of nautical ships chasing after him. But he looks a little different than uh, last time you saw him. He's got a evil goatee and uh, his eye patch is on the other eye you feel like there's something different well that's because he is now a precog uh, he's woken up with different powers uh, he can see a little bit into the future and you'll see that manifest as uh, i start playing this play test um the main thing is he's going to roll 3d20 and he's going to 3d20 and he's going to be able to use those rolls throughout the game for different things so i'm going to do that now um and see what happens and what was the first one this number is a 12. 12. that's good one Ooh. <laughs> uh and a 14. All right. uh, Not bad. Uh, it's not bad, and I can use that one for something. As uh, you see, there is uses for some of these lower rolls, and um, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens as we play along with the precog. Okay, Dylan. Uh, hi, yeah, I am Dylan Price. Normally, I would be playing my character uh, Torque. However, today. I'm going to be playing a new character. Uh, today I'll be playing Plex, a Vesk soldier who has signed on with the Starfinders after owing a debt of uh, gratitude to a Starfinder who saved his life. Uh, he punches things. That's that's uh, that's kind of his shtick. He wears heavy armor and he punches things. Kit. Oh, yeah, I am here as well. And Ratsplosion is back, as always, and doesn't have a sinister goatee and isn't a mirror reflection of himself. He's just the same rat with a big rifle and a shotgun and some grenades and probably some other explosives that I forgot about. Uh, and a spanner for fixing the electronics. Don. I will be bringing the iconic Starfinder Raya level 4 Technomancer. And I don't. I'm bringing a uh, uh... Barsala, the female Kasatha biohacker. All right, then. Without further ado, we can make a start on the scenario. You begin gathered in a meeting room in the Law Spire complex, summoned by the Wayfinder's leader, Fitch. The meeting room is well furnished and stocked with various refreshments, but Fitch, the meeting's initiator, is nowhere to be seen. After several seconds of silence following the last arrival entering the meeting room, a large hollow screen descends from the ceiling of the northern wall. Fitch's small, albino, isoki face 
appears in clear resolution. She whispers quietly to the assembled group. I have a very important mission for you. You should be aware uh, that the Master of Stars, the best ship in the Starfinder Society's fleet, is undergoing extensive renovations. Well, we've hit a bit of a roadblock. We need some Clotherium to complete the next repair, but supplies have been quite scarce in the packed worlds for the last 40 years. Luckily, we searched our archives and found a planet in the vast with substan substantial reserves, Arnisal. Fitch's transmitted image picks up a data pad, but accidentally knocks a screwdriver off the desk while doing so. She flinches as the tool clatters to the ground, then continues whispering in an even lower tone, no! Sorry about that. They're all finally asleep, you see. Now, back to the mission. We established a lodge on Arnisal about a century ago. It was abandoned when the first Seeker at the time decided to refocus societal resources closer to the packed worlds and abandoned several outposts in the vast. Unfortunately, our scans show that Arnisal has undergone substantial seismic activity during the intervening years, and now the whole lodge is underwater. We assigned a special team to go investigate. They're all Carlos, call themselves the Manticore. Maybe you've met them. Anyway, a ship dropped them off, but the Manticore never reported back for their pickup. Suddenly, a loud shriek erupts from the hollow screen, followed by a tiny pitter-patter of footsteps. Fitch drops the whisper and turns away from the screen. Hey, you're all supposed to be asleep for another hour! Back in the beds before I duct tape you in! Uh, Fitch, Fitch turns back to face the screen. Anyway, the current first... <clears throat> anyway, the current Forest Seeker agrees with me about the importance of this mission and has authorized me to mount a second expedition. We must finish repairing the Master of Stars, and to do that, we need Arnacel's Clotherium. This could be dangerous, so I've selected you, some of our most experienced agents. Go to Arnacel and investigate the submerged lodge. See what it will take to re-establish our presence there, and try to find out what happened to the Manticore. Best case scenario, they're just down there working, but it's not like them to not report in. I'm sending you the information on the planet now, and oh, and remember, there could easily be intelligent life on this world. The lodge wasn't staffed long enough to really explore the oceans. If you meet any new species, be diplomatic. It's not only our mission as wayfinders, but locals might help us with getting that Clotherium as quickly as possible. Any questions? So how how long has the Manticore been missing? It's been like a it's been a few weeks, like. Ah, it's a long time. Okay. Doesn't that could have been a few years. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's nothing crazy like that. It's uh, it's like we 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 sent them to we sent them to find that. Well, I mean, it's it's a good couple of weeks drift time to get there in the first place. But you know, they should have reported in by now. Hmm. 
Have you got any transmission? Have you got any information from them since they landed there, or has it been completely dark the whole time? Uh, we we knew that they landed okay. We know that uh, they found we they found the station and that it was in. Uh, that it was in a, it was in kind of a bad shape, but you know nothing that they couldn't deal with. And then that was the last one we heard from them. And the station is a Starfinder Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So whereabouts is this Clefarium? Are, are we going to have to like set up an entire mining expedition? I mean, that's the lying around. That's that's stage two of the plan. Yeah gonna have to mine for it but you know if the locals already know where it is then that's then that'll be fine hmm. so it wouldn't be like stockpiled inside the lodge from the previous expedition i mean it could be i don't i don't know do we know anything about the place from the like three days that we had a stop find the lodge there well i mean it's we built it in the first place we know what it should look like uh so Starfinder lodges are built to withstand almost anything. The structure should be intact. Uh, it could be flooded. Um, it's a standardized design. It's cost-effective. It's very tough. Um, every lodge, including the one on Arnacel's, got airlock systems, uh, even if the atmosphere is normally breathable. If we're lucky, it could be dry inside, just, you know, submerged. There's usually uh, an airlock to enter the building, an airlock to go between levels airlock to go to the, to the records room, you know? Yeah. Certainly sounds pretty safe. Uh, hopefully it's just some sort of a mechanical failure, something that we can fix easily enough. I mean, who knows what kind of shape it's in. If, if it's flooded, then it's flooded. The, oh, yeah. uh, the society pulled out of there quick, left a lot of stuff behind. Um, staff were on uh, Absalom Station when the orders came through. They couldn't even get dispensation to return for personal effects. You know, there's stuff that could be all kinds of stuff. I mean, mostly it's, we abandoned it like 40, 40 years ago. So... Who knows? I guess, uh, guess we'll find out then. Have to, uh, just, just jump on out and see what we can find and hopefully, uh, we can recover the, uh, the, the Manta race. Yeah, that's Manta, the... Manta, Manta Corp. Yeah, that's the spirit. Okay, Hopefully. folks, um, if you have culture uh, or diplomacy, you can gather gather information, uh, or you just know stuff about the Manticore and what might have happened to them. Um, oh. If you have engineering or physical science, you can also look up or find out what you know about Clothurium. Oh, hey, I have both of those. Yeah. So Keel has a 24 um, on his culture check. You know, I mean, they're, they're fairly well known. You may have, I think possibly Keel has met the Manticore before. No. In a previous scenario. I think they make no. a cameo appearance in Cries from the Drift. Very oh, okay. Briefly. Then I might have. Very briefly. Um, they're all Kalos. Kalos are an aquatic race from the Brathaden moon of Kalo Mahoy. They're, they have blue-green skin, they have bat-like wings and glowing, protruding eyes. The the group, uh, the Manticore, are very uh, tight-knit, 
they go on assignments together, typically deployed to go uh, and explore underwater locations. They're very action-orientated. Um, they don't do detail, they don't do paperwork. They're essentially a team of underwater commandos. Well, I'm a very cultured space pirate. I, I mean, Starfinder, not a pirate. I, have I like a their style. 28 to my culture. Is that help mm. at all? It, well, you and Keel both know that the Kalos often redesign weaponry to work better underwater. Uh, if the if the place is flooded, you're going to need underwater weaponry. Um, but because you are both so um, knowledgeable about this kind of thing, you know where to buy underwater-designed weaponry um, at regular cost, rather than having to pay the 10% premium. Hmm. Oh, well, good for us. Or we could just loot it off their dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Raya, on the other hand, uh, knows something about Clothirium with a 26 on mm -hmm. the engineering check. Oh, yes. I, I also got a 32 on my... Oh, physical science check? Was that one of the things you Physical crawled? science or engineering is fine. Okay. Uh, yes, I see that now. Yeah. yeah, We are rolling really well. That's all of our luck used up for today. Yes, it is. TPK. Yes, it is. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> So what you both know is that Clothirium is lightweight and thermally stable. It is uh, it fo features prominently in early drift engine designs. Natural sources were limited, uh, and the packed worlds very quickly exhausted their naturally occurring supplies of it. Which is why that second, third generation drift drift engines uh, don't require very much of it. They they had to go and find something better. Um, the reason that it's important to the society, though, is that while it would be possible to update the drift engine of Master of Stars to a more modern design, that would take years. You would have to you'd have to completely remove the existing engines and put in new modern ones that don't use Clefirium. It's just much easier to find a source of Clefirium and get things back underway. And it's vital that we get the Master of Stars uh, retrofitted as soon as possible. Exactly, because it is it because it is the only ship that is worthy of being the Starfinder Society's flagship. Clefirium is difficult to find, though, um, so you need to keep an eye out for any charts or maps identifying existing veins of Clefirium that would be useful to uh, a survey team that was coming to to find to find the source. Oh, absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. That is not in any way a hint, of course. <laughs> um, right, so, gang, uh, you've got time to do any preparations that you need to do. You're going to be spending a bit of time in the drift uh, in order to get to uh, to Arnacel, so you've got time to grab any kind of equipment or um, do any kind of preparations that you need to do. If you managed more than 20 on either diplomacy or culture, um, then you can buy underwater grade weaponry at regular regular price. Everyone else needs to pay the 10% the premium. So we, we can use uh, regular weapons and not just piercing weapons underwater. Is that what that does? Uh, that does, it has that effect. I will just show you that we have a 
a handout that explains the basics of underwater combat. That would be great. And that should appear in your window now. Interesting. So I'm curious how uh, how would that work with the um, oh I'm playing the armor storm soldier. Uh, I think essentially all my attacks are made as if I have a battle glove. Um, so I'm assuming that I will just always take that neg two penalty and deal half damage. Uh. That is entirely possible, unless there is a way for you to get... Underwater armor? An underwater, underwater <laughs> armor, yes. Because so all armor so all armor allows you to operate underwater. That, right. you know, that in itself is not is not an issue. Um, yeah. But yes, that is that is a Oof. bit of a, an issue. That's unfortunate. <laughs> all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can figure something out. Hmm. Did they even give me any money with this? Oh, I do. I have 39 credits. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm, gonna buy all the underwater adapted weapons. <laughs> uh, they gave your pregen 39. They gave mine nine. So uh, Raya <laughs> will not be making any purchases outside of... Uh, uh, R2Es that she will nibble by herself on the, the <laughs> ship ride. I, I will, however, take the ship ride over and I will I will scan everyone into my micro lab and attune it to you. Fancy. Nice. Well, I have enough with the, with the pre-gen, I get so much money, I have enough money to just rebuy my main weapon as uh, an underwater one and it's the same price right if you if you got over 20 on your culture check then yes yeah okay it's uh it's it's so it just becomes regular. have a pulse staccato rifle so it just becomes an underwater pulse staccato rifle correct i believe so okay i was just unclear if it had to be still had to be a uh, a um piercing weapon or not I don't believe so um, if I buy an underwater rocket launcher <laughs> and then in the next session I want to use it not in the water is that going to be a problem I don't think so I don't think I can afford the rocket launcher yet <laughs> maybe next time see if I can find the exact wording. Okay, so underwater. Um, a weapon with this special property that is used underwater ignores the minus two penalty to attack rolls and deals full damage. Alright. So it has no negative effect above water, as far as I can see. Uh, I think if you're using an electricity weapon uh, you are still going to be taking a penalty, but less, and it doesn't get around the problem of thrown weapons. All right, are we all? Uh, we know what we're doing. 
Yeah. Um, yes, we do know what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ready to go. We always know what we're doing. That, that's a really nice electricity and fire-based weapon I could buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, then. You are going to be traveling to Arnacel using one of the Starfinder Society's personnel freighters, the Peregrination into Night. Fancy. The ship's captain is Zast, a female Shirin. She's very jovial. She uh, she cooks. She makes sure all the passengers have get at least one taste of her cooking before they are let off at their destination. She is oh, also good. very good, and she is not you know purely uh, a chef for other insect people so there will be something for everybody excellent on day excellent. two of the journey you come across uh, an organic arc ship lazily floating in the drift it's a big biomechanical um sort of container ship um that's broadcasting the uh that it, it, it broadcasting its affiliation with the xeno wardens uh they're not talking you know they're not they're not sort of uh interested in a conversation necessarily but you uh, can beam a downloadable information packet on recent ecological events and you know you you can take this just you know just to see what what's going on and apparently the information that they are broadcasting is uh that there are there are various reports about plant growth rates on various worlds but the the sort of the crucial bit of information is that there are plans to cruelly place the last known feather rank roders into captivity in small castrovalian wildlife preserves does anybody have life sciences i have like life science if you'd like to make a life sciences role what is my life what is my life sciences modifier okay so is this like the shipping forecast broadcast and you can all just fall asleep listening to it i got it <laughs> 18 on my life sciences check mm. yeah so uh 27 on life science took me a second to Get my sheet up. So Scott, you've you've not heard of the Renkroda, but Raya has. The uh, Raya, you know that the the feathered Renkroda are an endangered form of large reptilian hypercarnivore, native to Castravel, much larger than the common whiskered Renkroda. Um, and presumably, you know, this must be some kind of plan to just, you know, uh, put them into some kind of captivity in order to, to keep the, the species alive. Perhaps um, something can be done about this in a future scenario. <laughs> yes, something should be done. No, uh, uh, spared no expense. Hmm. 
The journey to Arnacel is going to take you a few days, a random number of days, which I'm about to roll. Uh, it takes you 23 days. Ooh, that's, that's a lot of days. Because mm. it's not. Oh. It's almost a month. I, I think we got lost. <laughs> uh, there might have been a, a couple of wrong turns in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we certainly didn't at all stop off at any uh, unapproved other locations along the way, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then. So, after 23 days, you arrive in orbit above Arnacel. And Captain Zast releases you in a small, submersible vessel. And you can travel down to the planet uh, to the last known location of the Pathfinder Lodge. Zast tells you that she will be ready to pick you up from the insertion location in two days. So you've got plenty of time to find out what's happened. Okay. Okay, let's go. Yes, on the way on the way down, Raya wants to tell everyone that we need to um if there is any sort of food we can scrounge up, I feel like we probably exhausted Zast wares if we can find anything other than the uh, I'm sure delicious Sheeran food. That would be great. Uh if the place has gone dark, I'm not sure we wanna touch that food. It's probably unless it's been way, very well preserved, or yeah, native native uh, flora fauna we can harvest for uh, sustenance. Well, when you get down to the surface, you realize that the the seas of Arnacel must be incredibly cold. Uh, there is there is atmosphere certainly, um, but there is almost always a cold wind blowing across whatever um, land mass. Uh, that that you can see. Most of the planet is... Uh, I'm not going to say bottomless, because some pedant, pedant will correct me, but bottomless <laughs> oceans um, topped in places with, with icebergs um, and a few snow-capped uh, islands. There is virtually nothing here other than deep sea and ice. Okay. I'm going to double and triple check to make sure that my armor is entirely waterproof, entirely cold-proof. <laughs> and then I'm going to check it again just to make absolutely sure. <laughs> uh, assuming that everybody here is obviously level 3 or higher, I, I'm guessing everybody has some kind of sealable armor so that uh, the extreme cold and being immersed totally in water are only kind of minor inconveniences, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. As well prepared as we can. Is my armor. If you have armor, then the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't, yeah. don't turn up without any uh, armor. Unless you're running around in a loincloth, you're okay. <laughs> when you make your way down to Arnacel Lodge, you can see that the structure appears to be intact. Its northern edge is pushed into a cluster of rocks and 
boulders, with obvious signs of other, other past impacts. Having a look around the exterior, you can see that there must be somebody in there. There are signs of travel in and out. Um, and you can see that the damaged parts of the exterior are haphazardly repaired. The exterior lights are active. And the front door is decorated with a strange broken chain. It doesn't, you know, seal the door or anything. It must be there as some kind of symbol of something. Huh. Some hmm. sort of weird lawn ornament. I've seen I have, a, I have a question. If I cast, uh, depends what your uh, definition of personal knowledge is. If I have personal knowledge of someone in the Manticore, because now that we're on the same planet, I could cast the coordinates and then I would be able to tell where they are and have that on a computer. Um, here, I'll, I'll call up the spell for you. Mm -hmm. I've actually uh, ran into this. That spell isn't legal. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, oh. Is it on? Is it on the pregen? No, oh, I picked okay. it. I, I mean, I create. It's it's not a pregen. It's uh, I created. Yeah, the, Dave uh, is playing his own character, and that character oh. has met a member of the Manticore, so that would I think that would work were the okay. spell legal. I don't. But as this, let's just check. Let's yeah, double I, check. Yeah, I got caught up on that one a couple. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think to back. look to see if it was legal or not. Ooh. It's all good. There's a couple. There's not even a whole lot of spells, but I'm almost certain that is one of them yeah well i can see it not being because it kind of <laughs> yeah it may the, ruin uh, the home game i was playing we were doing fugitive on akaton and they completely bypassed the bar scene to uh oh, find no. Reynold talbot so mm. uh <laughs> mm. oh, the bar scene was so much fun yeah <laughs> yep and then so i had to make the valley fight fun <laughs> a little bit overpowered Uh, what list is it on? Ah, no, is it no coordinates. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, yeah. So that's that is listed. Uh, that, that that doesn't have the the start the society legal tag on archives of Nethys. So I'm guessing that right. yeah, somebody okay. decided that was Sorry. questionable. I, I'm going to switch out that spell. That's fine. <laughs> All right then. Um, I would like to, uh, Raya would like to uh, cast her mind out and uh, detect thoughts with her Lushunta magic. Okay. Uh, uh, what is the range of, of that? 60 foot cone, so I'd have to, like, you know, wiggle around a bit. Uh, <laughs> will save to negate DC 12. Yeah, I'm just checking. Searching for the words Manticore, Starfinders, Grub. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a a roll. <laughs> okay, um you are not receiving anything. Okay, yeah, I'll turn to the others. Hi not detecting anything if there is any life they must be uh further in all right all right let's then. go further in 
All right. So, coming up to the doors, you can see a large airlock door at the front. The lights are on. It looks like it looks like it works. So you can switch it on. You can switch on. And uh, does anybody have a Starfinder um, implant from the commencement? I do. Hmm? I reluctantly allowed them to. Not <laughs> well, on this character, at least. Okay, so that explosion. When you get up to the door, and you, you know, you sort of, you know, do I need to bypass a lock or anything like that? You can see that there is a a, gre a green light flashes on the the door pad. It, it it's clearly recognised your implant, and the doors open. Huh. Huh. Let's go in. Gonna have to get me one of those. Very hospitable. All right then. Uh, and then that will you'll in you'll uh, you will enter into an airlock. You close the door behind you, and obviously it's gonna force you to wait a bit while things pressurize. But there are no alarms going off. There are no um, nobody's. No automatic defences or anything like that. It's all pretty straightforward, actually. It's all going swimmingly. Mm. The green light comes on and the inner door opens. There are two creatures waiting on the other side. Interesting. One creature is a vibrant teal. The other bright indigo both are large creatures they have an imposing presence each is a stout body ending in a single wide flipper they look <laughs> almost like they look like neon colored uh, walruses uh, Ryan's eyebrows go up didn't detect these <laughs> oh that's great uh <laughs> are they like wearing clothes and carrying tools or do they just look like wild animals uh one of the um <clears throat> the teal one is wearing some kind of equipment yeah some some kind of utility belt or something like that they both have flippers on on the on either side uh they have a surprising level of motion you know they they sort of they've got they can do like a 360 de degree like as better than your shoulders can um and they sort of they wave them in a circular motion as if in in some kind of greeting oh they have brightly oh. colored whiskers they have gills they have four long tusks two on each side <laughs> well, which are carved with decorative patterns plex waves back <laughs> you realize that both uh, sort of actually they both have some kind of white i wouldn't call it a robe but they have a sort of a, a white cloth wrap around around their lower body which looks like a uniform or a or something you're not sure what exactly what it if it's significant significance 
Um, but the the indigo creature speaks in a in a heavily accented, but perfectly intelligible, common speech. Hello and welcome. I am Hinevra, and this is Teltham of the Morlamore people. Welcome to our home. You must be more Starfinders, I presume. The last group left rather quickly, so we assumed another group would arrive soon. Greetings! And they do that kind of 360-degree motion with the with the flippers. <laughs> Hello. Flex, flex Hello. Flex attempts to uh, to mimic the uh, the 360-degree wave. <laughs> Uh, Barsal is going to say, you assume correctly, but that is an awful lot of assumptions. What happened with the last Starfinders? Why did they leave? Oh, uh, they were quite funny, weren't they? With their wings? Is that what they are called? The other Starfinders visited for a little while, and we offered to let them inventory and take back all the Starfinder marked property. We certainly have no need of your weapons and armor. It's hard for us to use them. And they flap their flippers at you. As you can see, they don't, they don't have any like, opposable thumbs or anything. They left quickly, though. I don't think they were very keen on inventorying. They left uh, well. They were in good health when they left here. I believe so. Huh. They were the first of their race that we have seen, so if they were ill, we would not know. Of course. Fair enough, yes, makes sense. Uh, they didn't happen to happen to tell tell the lot of you where the, where they were going, did they? Not to me. <clears throat> hmm. Okay, well that's a mystery. So we know they left here, and we know they didn't check in where they were meant to check in. At the place where you were going to from here. Well, we've uh, we've been cooped up in our starship for a couple weeks. Uh, would it be all right if we looked around and stretched our legs out a bit before we return to our ship? Of course, we are we are glad to have visitors. Uh, Raya bows. Yeah, the, the indigo creature uh, attempts to to respond in the same way, but obviously they don't have the same sort of spine that allows it. Mm -hmm. The the teal one is makes a sort of a rudimentary effort to do the same thing, but they they don't seem to be to have much to contribute. They're staying quite quiet. The room here is uh, must have been the, sort of the main assembly area of the lodge. It's big. It's, you can see it's a big, big space. Um, there is a curtain dividing dividing the room over here, uh, and you can see that there is a five foot high stage at the back. 
with eight rows of benches filling this side of the room. Hmm. You can see through the gaps in the curtain that there are tables and chairs which are still there they're fixed in place so they're clearly built you know chairs are made were made for humanoids um but they're fixed in place so that uh, and so the the locals haven't removed them you've just come in coming through the the main airlock you can see that there are doors around the room uh, and you can see another airlock uh over on the far side You can see over at one of the doors that there is a there's a lot of hazard tape down uh, the door down here is marked with with yellow tape marked uh, it says, do not enter in common. Uh, oh. Going to Hinerva, it was Hinerva, right? Hinerva, yeah. Hinerva. Um, are you having some difficulty, perhaps, uh, with our... And she's going to pick up her... Hold her hands out and kind of wiggle her fingers. With our humanoid structure... Dorky way to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, perhaps we could help with any repairs you might need? We are okay for repairs. But, uh, yes, there are places in the complex which are not accessible to us because we are not Starfinders, we think. Oh. But you got in through the door, okay. Simple enough to bypass it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. After all, uh, caution tape and that sign mean, please do enter. <laughs> You know, at least in our oh, you know, at least in our line of work. Ah, yes, the door over there. The there is a security, uh, security sort of device, robot? which like a trap. I do not know that word, but perhaps. Certainly, it is hazardous, therefore we have put the tape in front of it. Of course. Good yes. decision, yes. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we can uh, take a look at it, uh, see if we can, you know, make it a little, little safer for the lot of you, since uh, you've so graciously allowed us into your home. That is very good of you. Yes, we would definitely appreciate that help. And seeing as how our society has had to um, abandon this facility, I don't see why we couldn't unlock those areas for you. Perhaps there's something you could use in your uh, continued uh, survival in this lovely world. Uh, she's... You think it's she? she uh, she's giving um, a cooperative... You, you don't think that there are species species given much to nodding, but she's giving you sort of cooperative signals as you keep talking. Okay. Yep, you seem like nice people. 
and while while you're having this conversation, you can see that now you you're guessing that the the rest of them um realize you know there's obviously there's no there's no danger here or anything like that and now the the room is starting to to fill with more of these walrus people uh, all kinds of different colors um all of them you know very kind of bright vibrant colors um and usually they're wearing some kind of white wrap or robe or something and they they're sort of moving around at the back of the room you know they're doing stuff that you can see they're sort of setting up um some lights and, and others are sort of making sure the pol you know you're assuming not dusting they're probably making sure that the the benches aren't too dry it's not clear what they're doing but they are doing sort of regular domestic tasks around this big area. Hmm. Interesting. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we go take a look, perhaps at what what might be uh, behind the caution tape door? See what uh, see what's going on. Yes, yeah, definitely take a look yes. at it. Yeah. Hmm. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes, no problem. Uh, yeah, and Plex will uh, head off. Okay, so that door is over here. If you want to move yourselves on the map, okay. And uh, before before Raya parts, um, I'm going to be casting some magic. Is that something you're familiar with? <laughs> of course, my friend. Okay. Now uh, this is well, all. We, uh, we all not... of us can do magic here. Okay. Ooh. This is this isn't any sort of combat magic. I'm just using it to help get a clearer picture of the state of things. I wanted to be respectful. There is a... She... She makes a sort of dismissive wave of her right flipper. Like, almost as like a shrug. Okay. <laughs> uh, mumble under my breath. I was just trying to be polite, but okay. And uh, I'm going to cast uh, Detect Magic. Mm -hmm. There is nothing obviously magical in the area mm -hmm. okay then I'll dismiss the spell and uh, uh, go along with my uh, party mm -hmm. alright if you want to get yourselves down to the door yeah well I mean th these people seem nice enough uh, how do we want to bring up the subject of us setting up an entire industrial complex on their planet. Because you know that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, since we're not doing it now, maybe we just don't bring it up. <laughs> until <laughs> until the trucks start showing up. <laughs> yeah. And then they just strip mine the entire planet, turn it into spaceship parts, and then never come back. I think it would be good to uh, have, a, have a discussion with them after we've, uh, you know, taken a look around the place, figured out just how much, uh, what what kind of trouble the other the other group might be in, mm. how much uh, how much stuff might need punched, that sort of mm. a thing. Yeah. Or repaired. Yes. That, that too. Yes. Yes. Of course. Um. Yeah. Plex will uh, walk up to the caution tape door and uh i guess 
very very cautiously uh poke it poke it open and uh, see what's <laughs> on the other side okay yeah the the door slides open and you can see beyond it there is a a crowded workshop there's a, a bench in the center of the room uh, there's a large there are large cabinets all the way around the walls you can see that everything is covered with bits of disassembled computers weapons gadgets uh, you can see another door over on the east wall okay nothing inherently dangerous yet i guess i'll take a look around specifically checking for any sort of like traps or uh dangerous objects uh things that could be automated to perhaps fire at uh or harm individuals who come in well yes so you're looking around and you're sort of you're making a sort of cursory sweep looking for for anything of that sort and then you can hear a, a sound of something depressurizing. Oh no! Uh, and you, and you, you know exactly what it's going to be. You look, you look up, and you can see three flying drones detach from the ceiling. It's unfortunate. And we can roll Very some initiative. Those will right. need to be punched. Yes. Oof. <laughs> Man, uh, I rolled a six for my initiative. Womp womp. Oh, 17. You got a 19. Yay. Uh, I, I saw well, this coming. More <laughs> ways than one. I got a 16. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, playing a character with a decent initiative. Makes a change for me. <laughs> Hope it's not moving too fast for oh, you, kid. No, they're so fast. <laughs> oh. oh no. Okay, so let's get that initiative working in order. So we have observer class security robots going at initiative 22, initiative 18, uh, initiative, and initiative 10 party are going at 19 which is keel uh 17 rats explosion 12 raya uh, and six for plex uh do we have an initiative for uh for our okay right let's get that mm. added Alrighty. don't okay. mind me ominously uh, measuring out the radius of the room really quickly. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, at the top of the round, the first of the uh, robots, it descends from the ceiling. You can see that there are little sort of controlling, uh, manipulating arms folding out from its body to allow it to do things, one of which appears to have some kind of shock prod on the end of it. Yeah. Uh, it moves over to this side of the room, and it sends a lightning bolt at Plex. Ouch, that's going to hurt. Uh, 
for a Not 19 yet. to hit. 19 will in fact hit, yes. Okay, so that's 5 electricity damage, but it's non-lethal. Okay, well that's pleasant. As it shocks you. <laughs> right. And then it's Keel's turn. Alright. Do I have line of sight of this one, or would I have to get inside the room? Uh, I think the issue is more that you're you're small and the people in front of you are medium. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's move in then. Move inside the room. And take a shot at the one in the center. Mm-hmm. is with my staccato pulse rifle, so I shoot a thing of sonic sound at it. It was redundant, but that's a 10 <laughs> for damage uh, 11. It vibrates feebly, uh, but you don't think it's uh, been damaged. Okay, that's you done, got. isn't it? Yep, so it's the next robot. Uh, this robot will return fire. It will attempt to zap you with its pulse caster. Keel. Uh, that's a 29. That's a hit. Oh. <laughs> oh. Luckily, luckily, I think that's still only five damage. <laughs> uh, I will Roll take very poorly. That's fine. Uh, but it will then move over to here. Rat explosion. Um, great. We've only been here a few minutes, and you've already got us into a fight. Set off all the alarms. Is there any way of like accessing the, uh, the security systems and switching these guys off? Without. Not from where you're standing, but so so make me an engineering check because you can see them now. Engineering, I'm not great at. That's only an 18. Okay, they look familiar. They look like a standard design the society uses, mm -hmm. um, but you don't know where or even if they have an independent control um, station or anything like that. They may just be like very very simple AI self-contained you're not sure ah great you've set them off now we're gonna have to shoot them all or punch them that's also an option oh i just like grabbed them out of the air and pulled them down smash them into the floor <laughs> you know the, the usual kind of stuff so that's fine uh what's rat explosion doing He's, you've moved well, uh, if I can't switch them off, I'm just going to have to shoot them with a gun. Seems like the best way. But don't mind me, I'm going to crawl under your legs and, and use you to prop up a rifle. <laughs> We're not in the water anymore, are we? You're not in water at the moment, no. This is, all dry, this is all effectively dry land. Apart from probably puddles that people have left with their footprints. Tail prints. Yeah, that too. 
There's too many people in the way. That's a 10. Is that going to hit anyone? That is not going to hit. Well, it might hit members of the party. I don't know. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not going to hit any of the robots. <laughs> Disappointment. It's unfortunate. That was a warning shot. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. Yes, uh, uh, Red Explosion. I've heard of your warning shots. They're legendary in the society. <laughs> yes, you should. But you should fire a warning shot across their nose, not up it. <laughs> okay, so on 16 is then Scott. Okay, I will move here in front of everyone else in this room. I'll pull out a shock grenade and steal a little bit of Rat Explosion's thunder. I'll say, fire in the hole <laughs> and attempt to throw it into this square where it will hit two of the robots, hopefully. Let's just uh, roll my attack the square roll. Granada. Aha! <laughs> I have succeeded by one! Yes, you have succeeded in hitting an, 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 an inanimate space. <laughs> Aha! And now it will erupt into an electricity field i'm assuming mm -hmm. that yeah. will go ahead and encompass the, encompass these two robots with a uh, static arcs and yeah, now they have you... to make a reflex save yes or take Ooh. Mm. seven damage so one pass one failed all right, one takes seven, and the other takes three? <laughs> okay, so you, so the, 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 the static field envelops both robots, and you can see that they both sort of, they both shake in the air, and, and, and the, the one that's, uh, one of them seems to, to momentarily go out of control and start sparking. So you think that that actually did quite a lot of damage. Nice. Alrighty, that's me. Alright then, uh, so then it is Raya on 12. Alright, Raya is going to uh, step forward, stepping uh, around their friends to uh, the edge of this couch thing, and uh, it's going to pull, and while doing so, pull out her Thunderstrike Sonic Pistol and fire two shots at the uh, Westerly robot. Mm-hmm. Go. Um, this will be a minus four since I'm firing. Oh no, no, I can't do that. I can only fire once. Never mind. Uh, let's see if that worked. Oh. So there is a thunder clap and a roll of a two, and no, no damage. Okay. Uh, must have been damaged in the water in the area and she's gonna just slap the pistol trying to dislodge water that doesn't exist <laughs> awesome uh are you sh uh, don is that attack set up correctly because two seems very very low to me oh yeah that does not look like i did it correctly at all um here i have a i have a plus eight to it so i'll just roll it here mm -hmm. uh was it slash roll yeah Slash roll, yeah, 1d20 plus 8. Okay, okay. Uh, what a 12. That still doesn't hit. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, and then it is the third and final robot. Uh, you have presented an. Uh, Raya has presented a useful target. It will fly in close and attempt to uh, batter you with its. It looks like it, it, it produces this strange kind of mallet attachment and tries to hit you in the face with it. Uh, and it will roll a 21. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay, it batters you for seven bludgeoning. All right. Wow. And then it is Plex. All right, so having been zapped, uh, Plex is none too pleased with this. He's going to step over uh, directly in front of the, uh, the one on the right here. Uh, and you guys watch as Plex just hauls off and attempts to punch this uh, little flying drone. It'll be a 25 to hit with 13 damage. Uh, 25 will definitely hit. Uh, and you deliver it a massive blow and you feel you feel the, uh, the steel plastic aluminium all crumpling underneath your hands and the thing drops out of the air, hits the ground and <laughs> smashes into into many different pieces, sparking and flaring as it does. Just uh, dust off my fists and get ready for the next one. Okay. So, back around to the top of the round. Uh, the robot on 22 is going to fly up higher into the corner. So it is above... The ceiling in here is about 20 feet up, and so it will fly up to about 10 uh, about 15 feet up so that it's out of uh, the reach <laughs> of anybody's weapon um, and then it will attempt to shock keel hard to shock me I see everything coming a <laughs> <laughs> uh, 13 is not gonna hit you is it yep, like I said you are unsurprised okay keel this is your turn all right um I'll move up here and take a shot at him. With my uh, staccato uh, rifle, some sonic damage. It's a 20. 20 will hit, yes. For only five damage. Okay, that this one was undamaged previously, so this that is, uh, you hit it, uh, you damage it. It's it's still going, um, but yeah, that's a good start. Rat explosion. Alright, so I'm going to run into the room, I'm going to hop up onto this counter here, so that I can pose dramatically with my rifle. <laughs> Entirely no strategic benefit, I just want to pose on top of the counter. And then I'm going to shoot this one up in the corner, that's trying to get out of the way. Yep. But it's going to hide out of range from my hunting rifle with like a half mile range or whatever silly thing it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna go well for it. Does a ten hit? No. <laughs> There's really time posing, not enough time aiming, I think. <laughs> yeah. Alright then. Scott. Aha. Seeing how effective my grenade was, 
I'm going to not throw another one because I have no more grenades. And instead, I will pull out my needler and uh, shoot the one that's hiding up in the corner with it. Yep. Six. And I will not use anything in it because I don't believe robots are susceptible to poison. <laughs> unfortunately, that is a reasonable assumption. <laughs> Doubt it. Aha! Twenty-three to hit. At twenty-three will definitely hit it. Alrighty, and I will deal him eight piercing damage as my uh, needler needle lodges itself in a uh, mildly necessary servo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is that is definitely very effective. I'm as surprised as anybody else that that worked. Yeah. Raya, it's easy well, enough to just, like, put the needle in between two spinning gears and, and uh, then it grinds and explodes. <laughs> Focusing on the robot that hit her, uh, Raya's going to cast Magic Missile as a full round action. And so 3D... Three missiles of pure force energy come forth from her hands. Uh, three ones. Ah. Plus, plus uh, yes. another three. Yeah. Uh, so six points of damage on the one directly in front of Raya. Sorry. Wow. Yep. Okay. It looks damaged. That you hit. You hit it. Bang! 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 And the thing sort of it, it swing sweeps from side to side uh, as if it was. As if it's annoyed uh, at the damage you've done it. Well, you know what they say. Weeble wobbles weeble, but they don't <laughs> fall down. <laughs> Alright, that's my turn. Yes, it's going to hit you back. <laughs> Fair. Wait, did I just say weeble? <laughs> uh, is an I 18 going to hit Raya? Um, you did, and yes, that attack does hit. Okay, so seven damage All on right. Raya. Alright, stamina getting blasted away. <laughs> and it will attempt to move away up into the corner. Okay, I don't have a melee weapon drawn, so I cannot do an AOO. Plex. Okay, well, with these things out of arm's reach now, uh, Plex reaches down to his side and is going to draw a um, <clears throat> draw his tactical uh, semi-auto pistol, take aim, and fire at the one uh, that just flew into the corner and had shocked Raya. If Roger. my cat moves, I will do this. There we go. <laughs> He is determined to be as in the way as possible. Ah, solid seven to hit. Uh, so that will not do it. No. About half what you needed. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Uh, that'll uh, be my turn. And then, yeah. So it is the Observer Robot on 22. Um, hmm. It will fly across the room and descend next to Rat Explosion 
and slam him with its mallet attachment. Well, that's a bit rude. Does a 19 hit you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. Okay, so that's six yep. bludgeoning damage. Eh, mildly irritating. Uh, and Keel. I will take a shot at the one that just hit Rex Explosion. It's a 20 for 9 damage. That will hit it. And 9 damage will destroy it. You shoot it out of the air. Only the little mallet is left. Uh, <laughs> just sort of hovering in midair for a second and then and then falling, clattering on the floor. Uh, any move? No, nope, that's it for me. Okay, that's explosion. Okay, well, there's one left. It's all the way over there. Hopefully that's far enough away for my rifle to actually hit it this time. Let's see if I can do something useful for points. Does a six hit? I think today is not the day that you are doing things that are useful. I, this. Yeah, I, I don't think my rifle likes going through the water. <laughs> I might need to fix it. Okay, I take it your move action is being used to pose. Yeah. <laughs> Scott. Sure Pretty good damage on all those attacks. Yes. Your turn. Okay. Um. I suppose I will shoot it with the needler again, or I will shoot the new robot. Yes. In the opposite corner with a needler. Oh, that's. It's a good thing I caught that. That wasn't even a die roll. That was just a twenty. That will hit. 20. For 5 damage. Okay. Yep, it's still up. Just, you can see it looks very badly damaged. Uh, it, there's, there's sparks and smoke pouring out of the, uh, the various rents that you've managed to do it due to it, but it is still in the air. Quick, someone spray it with water to short circuit it. Raya. Uh, not going to use water. Um, I am going to uh, fire one shot with my Sonic Thunder pistol, and I think I did it correctly this time. And I miss. Value of correctly, that is a miss. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I guess it gets one more turn. Yep. Apparently it does. What's he gonna do? Hmm. Self destruct. <laughs> Uh, it's going to attempt to electrocute Raya, shoot her from the from its vantage point in the corner. Before it attacks, I'm going to tell Raya what's about to happen uh, using my one uh, that I rolled earlier to give her a uh, plus one to her AC. Okay. Oh, Fortunately, it rolled a natural twenty for twenty-nine. <laughs> told, told you it was going to be bad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So that is oh. six damage, okay. uh, non-lethal electricity. Very nice. That completely sapped away all of my stamina, but has not touched my HP. Uh, that w that winded me a bit. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, and then uh, it will fly over to this side of the room. 
and then it is Plex. Okay, uh, once again, I'm assuming it is still high up in the air. It is 15 feet up, yes. Okay, uh, so Plex is simply going to adjust his aim and attempt to shoot this one out of the sky with his pistol again. Pew pew. Solid 22 to hit, 8 damage. That will hit and that will destroy it. There we go. Okay. So, you have added to the amount of junk on the floor in the in the workshop by disabling all three of the security robots. Well, I guess that uh guess guess we uh we followed through on our on a little promise there uh, to make it so they could come in here at the very least. Mm. Yep, not yep. I could um I could use a breather at some point, but uh, yeah, that was something. Uh, Keel, how did you how did you know that blast was going to hit me? I uh, I, I could see it uh, slightly into the future, and I uh, I thought that um, that a really bad hit was coming, but there wasn't enough time to tell you. No, it's fine. You you were right on it. it I was sorted. right. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I wasn't in time. And uh, Raya's going to just kind of lean on this couch for a bit and uh, catch her breath. All right, then. You can see that there are uh, loads of probably quite useful bits of equipment scattered around the room. There are a big pile of, uh, you think, hundreds and hundreds of of UPBs, universal polymer base uh, units. Nice. There's also probably enough tools here to constitute a weapons weaponsmithing toolkit, uh, and there are also the around the edges of the room. You think that the those look like secure cabinets, probably holding for holding weapons. You can't see into them, but uh, they're definitely uh, the sort of thing that you would use in a in a weapons locker. Uh, I'd like to look at those, see if something's better than my pistol that hasn't uh, served me too well. And it seemed like the uh, beings holed up here don't have uh, interest in weapons. Yeah, so they, they, as I say, they appear to be secured. So um, you're going to need to bypass the the security lock to get in, well, to get into it. Yeah, happy to do that. So, so that would be an engineering check. Right on. Ooh, very nice. Oh, okay, so that's a that twenty-eight. <laughs> uh, and yes, and, and it opens. It opens with ease. Inside, you can see uh, most of the, most of these cabinets are empty, but you find the one that does have stuff in it. There is uh, there are uh, there's a serum of enhancement. Uh, six Mark II serums of healing, an advanced med kit, a tactical cryo pike that's been modified for underwater use, and 
a machine gun, squad machine gun, that's also been modified for an uh for underwater use and this one this one's been decorated uh with some kind of ornate writing along the barrel hmm. huh. uh I'll, I'll divvy out the stuff i have for mark one uh healing serum so i'll give uh the the higher tiered ones to uh any who are there I can't use this pike but it looks like it would be quite effective and uh, artillery the submachine gun you said a squad machine gun squad machine gun yep I, I can't really use either of these so um, have at him I can't use the pike either I, th I, I could make the machine gun go boom, but it'd probably throw me across the room instead. <laughs> if that's any help. Uh, how many Mark II healing? Was it Mark II healing potions? That it was, six yes. Of? Yep, six um, of them. I could just take all six of them and then shoot people with them as necessary. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Certainly sounds fun. Um. Not sure if trusting. What? Don't you trust me? Don't you trust? Don't you trust my um, my long range medicine? <laughs> um. As I, I I pull out a a dart with a syringe attached to it and <laughs> just sort of roll it around. Well, it's probably less dangerous than when I let you take my DNA samples. Hmm. And we don't need to let anyone know about that. That is strictly <laughs> confidential. Yeah, I, I take it you've not sold that information to any nefarious corporate entities. Mm -hmm. And you would know that because it is in the terms of my EULA. <laughs> yeah. And you're not gonna like reference it against any uh, international wanted lists. Absolutely not. That's good to hear. Those of you who got over twenty on explosion's the... real name, if we do that. <laughs> Those of you who got twenty on the culture check at the beginning, you will recognise the the writing on the barrel of the machine gun is Carlo. Oh. Oh. oh yeah, I meant to inspect the weapons too. <laughs> so yeah, uh That is huh. not the language I speak. That is not a language I speak. I have comprehend languages as a spell. Uh can understand spoken, signed, or written languages for forty minutes. So uh looking at this alien writing that I can't understand either. So I'll uh, cast that. Yep, uh, it translates as muncher. Ooh. Mm. Fancy. They like to name their weapons. It's a I'm sign of a big ego to name your own weapons. Well, I'm assuming it's called muncher because it chews through ammo. <laughs> it certainly, certainly makes sense. But what you remember that that is that is that they came into this room and weren't killed by the robots. But they also said they didn't need weapons. 
why would they leave it behind for someone who doesn't need it and locked in a cabinet? Uh, does it look like th these cabinets could have been opened by the, uh, the the beings we met? I mean, probably. I mean, they got the doors open uh, okay. when they first got here, so presumably Fair. they know they know sort of how to do an electronic you know an electronic door bypass and stuff like that. Okay. And this stuff so, was specifically made for working underwater, which means it's not the stuff that was left here before the place collapsed in the earthquake. And did you say there were markings on the pike as well? No. Okay. Um, I mean, they are... Looking closely, you think that they probably... They probably came out of the same factory or something you know they're, they're similar they're obviously a cryo pike and a machine gun are not particularly similar but they yeah. both have the the maker's marks of yeah, they're probably made by the same company or something like that gotcha yeah they're things aren't matching up we should mm -hmm. speak with uh Hinevra. Mm -hmm. seems like a good plan and uh can i uh when I said I was leaning against the couch, uh, could I, I? I would like to uh, proposition the group if uh, spending a resolve to get my stamina back. Oh yeah, I, I have no if, if anyone else, uh, It'd be a good time to do it. If it was just me that took the beating. <laughs> oh um, well, if we're gonna do that, uh, does anyone want blind sense for an hour? Because as I believe it, when we take a a ten minute rest, I can re-prepare all my my biohacks. That would be that'd be fine. Yeah. Don't have a problem with taking a little bit of a little bit of a nap. No, no, a little bit of genetic modification. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, I am messing around with your genetics. Yeah. Alrighty, so I will just go around and I will poke you each with a with a little syringe and it will give you blind sense sound unless you already have blind sense in which case it will give you the blind fighting feat We all get it, that's pretty cool Yes That's awesome okay. I feel like it's going to be very important because it will basically be sonar and I think we're going underwater oh that's that's brilliant actually yes thank you alright I, I will make sure I'm not the first one to be injected oh Ryo will yeah Ryo will step up uh, immediately <laughs> to get uh, an edge mm -hmm. alright everyone gather around for your uh, performance enhancing drug nanites <laughs> uh, yeah as long as people's heads don't explode Fortified oh. with some vitamins too, a little vitamin D, a little vitamin B12. I'm not the precog. I can't scan as you. <laughs> Everybody gets their shots. Yep. Alrighty. Okay. I I does this place have a microwave? <laughs> There might be one behind that door. I mean, who knows? There, there's a door over here, right? Yes, that's that is the door. 
there's not one on any of these counters or anything. Is that a toaster I can see over there? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is obviously the, <laughs> this place has survived for an earthquake, so everything was properly pats tested, and they weren't allowed to have you know cheap kettles or toasters in in in, in the workspace because oh. everyone knows that they're a death trap. <laughs> Disappointing. I can't make nachos for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that door's there. Uh, inspect it. Yeah. It is not obviously trapped. <laughs> is it obviously is it... locked? No. <laughs> is it just so holding. Up? It has a green. It has. It has. A, it has a, a green. A green panel that says "open" next to the uh, next to the door. But ah. Is it? Is it unobviously trapped? <laughs> oh. Only one way to find out. Open it. Yeah. Okay, let's go through this door. <laughs> let's find the kitchen. Let me just stand back a little bit. <laughs> True. I've done my fair share door, of right? walking through doors today. Oh, that's within 15 feet. Okay. Stand back I a little bit. In. Okay, so Rat Explosion does not explode as huh? he opens the door. <laughs> Good. Uh, behind it, you can see racks and racks of weapons. Guns. Some okay. of them I'm, look I'm like here. some of them look like they've been underwater. You know, they they look like they've been damaged, um, oh. or they they're, they're rusted or corroded. But there is quite a lot of stuff here that definitely is in very good condition. There are several suits of armor hanging from the southern wall, mm. yeah. uh, while various Ooh. boxes of tools rest on the ground. There's only one way in and one way out. Um, Plex is immediately going to go take a look at uh, the armor that's hanging on the wall. See what sort of uh, equipment might be hanging out over there. Yep, there are two sets of D-suit level 1 armor. Uh, and a set of officer ceremonial plate. Ratsplosion, you're looking on the, uh, the benches. And you can see that here there is an advanced Doshko and four underwater tactical star knives. Ooh, I'm gonna take me one of them star knives because I think I can use it, unless it's an advanced melee weapon, in which case I can't. Top of my head, I don't know. Uh, I assume they're uncommon because star knives are in. I will check right here. Uh, you will also find two tactical pikes and two tactical spears and an efficient bandolier. The uh, star knife is not advanced. Cool. It's just a standard melee. Cool. Ooh. An efficient, efficient bandolier um, is essentially a... It's a magical item that uh, creates an extra-dimensional space so that you can, can hold up to one bulk of ammunition without it uh, weighing anything. And you can reload as a swift action. Oh, nice. But what's this really, really big explosive looking gun? Is that anything of any use? Uh, that's that's just too badly damaged. You think it was probably some kind of heavy weapon, but it's clearly spent several years underwater and was not ready for that. Oh, disappointment. Um... Yeah, it's, it's a bit rusty. I think Plex will uh, snag one of the pikes off the wall. 
Um, it's not necessarily his style, but you know, if uh, if you can't punch things, you might as well poke things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if no one, how many suits of uh, D suit were there? Two. Okay. If no one else objects, uh, Raya would definitely like one. It is a bit of an upgrade. I have no objections. Right, if you want to agree with between yourselves who's taking what and and do your modifications to your character sheets uh we will take a short break uh just for just for a few minutes so that we can make coffee and sort ourselves out right on i'll take i'll take that other d suit since there's two of them that'll give me a little bit of an edge And while the players get their coffee, update their character sheets, and prepare for what's to come, this will mark the end of part one of Starfinder Scenario 1-08, Sanctuary of Drowned Delight. Brought to you by the Star Rollers. <laughs>